Team Awesome is back. Thank you, Varian. That's right. This is Team Awesome, and we are back with Tangle Talk once again. It's episode 27. We're discussing Mirror Mirror and You're Kidding Me, both of which aired this last weekend. Um, and were joyful surprises. Oh, they were. Like, honestly, I was, like, kind of nervous about them, and I ended up really liking them. Yeah. I really did. I love them. Um, before we get really started, we want to do a nice shout-out to Night Sky Wanderer, who does amazing fan art in general, but actually did a fan art based on last week's podcast of King Eugene fighting Rapunzel. And that was, like, <laughs> unexpected and wonderful and, like, not just, yay. Not just... King Eugene. Yeah. Dark, Dark King! Dark King Eugene. We've gone yeah. a step above! Yes, he has Hell now yeah. officially, I guess, in our little heads, Edmund has now died and passed the crown on to Eugene, so now Eugene is the ruler of the Dark Kingdom. Woo! <laughs> See? That is a step up. <laughs> um... Like, and also, in general, we want to do a shout-out for all the love that everybody's been giving our podcast lately. Like, yes. we've been getting, like, a lot of asks of just people who appreciate the podcast, and it's, like, blowing us away. Like, yay. Thanks, guys. We really love you, too. And it's great to hear from you, because when we hear from you, we know that we're, like, talking to more than just the three of us, and mm -hmm. not, like, the three of us mind talking to just the three of us. But, you know, you always talk about how it feels like you're in the conversation, too, but we mm -hmm. feel like we're talking to you when we hear that. So mm -hmm. it's, it's great to hear from you all, you guys. So thank yes. you very, very much. Um, also, I want to do a nice shout out to, you know, the crew in general, because we've been having some nice conversations with them lately, and that's always good to see. Um, the crew does listen to us, guys. They do watch Tumblr. They do know that we're we're going crazy, and they're enjoying it. <laughs> and you know what? I have, to, I have to admit that if I were a content creator and people were going crazy over my content, I would be enjoying it, too. Mm -hmm. So, um, We've got a fun ride coming up for us the next couple of weeks. But before we get into the next week's, we are going to do this week's. So this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yay. The first episode is Mirror Mirror. It was directed by Joe O. It was written by David Schiff. The storyboards were Justin Gordon Montgomery and Kate Ritter. Um, Kate and her fantastic Eugene expressions. So many uh, good ones. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Kate. Like, the animation in this episode is phenomenal, and not that it hasn't been before, but is there's a step up in this one. I think it's probably because a lot of the characters were doing physical motions that they don't normally do. That like, And not just as individual characters, but that we don't see in the series. Um, yeah, that's what happens when you have crazy demon creatures. Um, <laughs> and I have to say, um, before I even get going on it, I will say that I always say that I'm not a fan of horror but every time Tangle does something creepy, I'm like, yes, more creepy from mm -hmm. Tangle. So um, so I think it's probably because it's like a safe zone of a happy fantasy. And so it's like, it's sort of like the way that I like having angst and making people work for their happy ending. I'm like, yeah, give me the creep because I know it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I'm really digging all the creepiness that's been popping up since the midseason. Mm -hmm. um, so... Here's the funny thing is this whole thing starts off with the whole group fighting again. And, you know, Lance even says towards the end of the episode that they've been fighting for three weeks, which is the same amount of time that they were supposedly supposed to be fighting in um, Not in the Mood. But this mm -hmm. time, honestly, it was so much more organic than Not in the Mood. Like, it really yeah. made sense that they had been fighting. They're on the road. You know, it shows and it opens up with them in the caravan, which is leaking because that poor thing has been through the ringer. So, like, it doesn't have a sound roof anymore. 
And so it's like everybody's just doing, they're being themselves, but them being themselves is getting on other people's nerves. And you know what? Have you ever been in cramped quarters with people for three weeks? Mm-hmm. Like, it happens. They all, they've, they've all got cabin, cabin fever. They're doing what they can to stay sane, but they're also driving each other crazy. So it actually, it felt a lot better this time than it did with Not in the Mood. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I believed it more this time around. Um, but the way that the group is fighting is, is, like, <laughs> yes, how many episodes start with a certain amount of people in the group are now fighting? Mm-hmm. It's an, amu- an amusing theme that we've got. Um, Lance's whistling is adorable. Cass has once again mastered the sword with her bad hand. Yay! Yay! Um, Eugene is plucking his eyebrows <laughs> and making sure that the smolder is perfect. But here's the thing. Like, somebody made this comment on Tumblr, and I have to absolutely agree. It's actually very refreshing to see a man who is regularly involved in grooming Mm -hmm. like you know people are always you know saying that women are the ones who care and that guys don't but like Eugene is absolutely he's not just vain he actually indulges in the grooming you know he talks about his daily trim and he talks about you know 14 moisturizers my (laughs) moisturizers he uses on his skin and now he plucks his eyebrows also because it has to be perfect you know so that's highly highly amusing Mm -hmm. um so we get also funny because I'm like Eugene, why does the smolder need to be perfect? It's not like you're going to use it on anyone. Right. Except in this situation exactly. where he does end up using it. But, but like, he wasn't, he wasn't planning. So I'm like, why does it need to be perfect, Eugene? Huh? Because he just well, likes don't to forget. look good. Don't forget. <laughs> it's true. When Corona, he did threaten to go full smolder on, like, just the general populace just to get them to come to the bakery. So he clearly uses it even when it's not necessary. <laughs> and I have to laugh, uh, going to this whole smolder thing, I have to laugh that when we had Chris on the show, we had asked him, does the smolder actually work? And, you know, he kind of chuckles and says, well, I like to think it does. And, you know, like two episodes later, he mm-hmm. uses the smolder and it works. Or how about how last week, Ellie and I were going off about how much we wanted Gavin Creel to be on the show. Ah! That is wild. And now Gavin Creel is on the show. And, you know, Matthews is actually, like, really endearing. I mm-hmm. really like him. He's a fantastic blend of creepy, charming, and funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, I really like him for as few lines as he's had. I'm really into this character, and I really want to see more of him. So yes. I'm excited about I can't about believe this. we got She Loves Me Bingo. We did it! <laughs> we got we did me bingo. it! <laughs> it was fantastic. We've got the whole, the whole gang is here. It's fantastic. So... Um, oh yeah, and so so they're sitting here and they're all getting on each other's nerves and Rapunzel is trying her best to keep a positive outlook on the whole situation. <laughs> but then she outright, Lance, if you do not stop whistling, I will throttle you! I was in tears. <laughs> I was like, that is the God. best thing she's ever said. <laughs> that is so great. I mean, and, okay, but on a personal note, like, throttle is a word that I have used my entire life because <laughs> of my mother. Like, <laughs> my mom always threatened to throttle me and my sister and so now we have throttle as our fake threat of, you know, so, yeah. So that was like, <laughs> oh, she's using my personal terminology. That's that's great. Um, so it's raging storm. And while it's raging, this tree falls. And so it gets the caravan stuck. And the group, you know, are now stuck on the road in the rain with the roof leaking. And the group sees there's this strange seashell mansion in the middle of the woods. Nothing else around. <laughs> 
You know, because that's not at all suspicious or the weirdest thing ever to have in the middle of the woods. I suppose it's no more weird than a random teapot house in the middle of the woods. Mm -hmm. Guys, stop going to weird houses in the middle of the woods. (laughs) So, yeah, so we got our, we got Gavin Creel as, I mean, dang, it's, I mean, I have to wonder... You know, I'm with you guys that when Chris listened to last week's podcast, was he laughing? Because we were like, Gavin, Gavin. Probably. And honestly, I remember uh, like two years ago, he was in New York and he made some post on Instagram about meeting Gavin Creel. And we were like, well, did you offer him a job while you met him? (laughs) And apparently he did. So, um, also, yeah, his French accent, Mathis, Matthew's French accent is really amusing. I, I really enjoy it. He's fun. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Lance, or Eugene is already showing a little bit of his dad's side in this episode. Because, you know, Shorty starts messing with those glass balls and Eugene tells him to put them down. So Lance picks them up and juggles them. And he says, I, still, I said to put those down. You said Shorty put those down. <laughs> You're being ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, it's interesting to see that Eugene does consider himself the mature one, you know, not amongst the entire group, but definitely amongst the guys. He knows he's the mature one, Mm -hmm. which is saying something because it's not like Eugene is really mature. Yes, he is. (laughs) No, honey. No. (laughs) Um, So apparently this shell mansion is called the House of Yesterday's Tomorrow which would be today, as Rapunzel pointed out. But, you know, as Matthew says, you know, why use one word when you can use two? So Cass is, of course, extremely skeptical about the mansion and about Matthews and about the whole thing, which is, you know, absolutely valid because there's this shell mansion in the middle of the woods and Matthews is like, oh, come in and share my food and share my bed and share my lodging and you don't need to give me money and stay as long as you need. So, I mean, there's nothing at all creepy or suspicious about this whole situation. Nope, um, not at all. Perfectly yeah. normal. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, right? I so- did this last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hobby of mine. I go to the woods and find houses and just go. Yeah. So, Shorty goes up to this seemingly normal mirror and... This is when the episode turns into Jordan Peele's us because he gets yanked into the mirror by an evil demon version of himself who then steps out of the mirror. So, short is <laughs> an evil copy. So, that's fun already. Um, so It's just coincidentally came out the like, same weekend as us, no, which I find so very funny. funny. Very funny. Like, I don't know how many people I saw in Tumblr who were like, so, this is us looks good. There's so us yeah. looks good. This <laughs> yeah. is us. A different one. <laughs> it's, just, it's so funny because that you know these two things were, com- uh, you know, made in completely separate areas in like vacuums, and they yes. ended up being so <laughs> similar. It's so weird. So they go. The group goes down, and they have this nice meal. But something's very weird with Shorty because he's polite and he's clean and he's well mannered, and Rapunzel is nervous about this. Um, she signals for Eugene to come with her so she can talk to him privately about the situation. And I have to admit, on on follow-up watch-throughs, I can actually start seeing some of the Eugene stuff that's off. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. now He's very I know, dismissive. He's like, eh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. He, it's fine. he, he is dismissive. Yeah. He's very dismissive. And it's like he's trying to make her not think about it too much, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. 
So that's that's how it came across to me this time around. Yeah. So she she pulls him into an armoire, which is like so she shoves him into armoires, and now she's hiding in an armoire with him. It's so, so um, cute. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, and they're so close. It reminds me of when they're in the cave, about to drown and die. <laughs> See, I feel this really funny thing. I noticed this time around my most recent recent watch through when they. I'll, I'll get to that in a second because I don't want to jump ahead of myself. So, um, <laughs> Mirror Shorty um, calls Lance to the mirror and he calls him my stalwart companion, Lance Wardington. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like not alarmed. He's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, well, here's the thing. That is actually a very normal Shorty thing. You have to call somebody completely wrong name. That was only like his last name is wrong. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's odd. Um, but and then Lance says, "I literally wear the same thing every day." But thanks for noticing. I'll, I'll take a look anyway. So, oh, so cute. <laughs> so Lance looks in the mirror, and he is very promptly replaced. And the OTP, you know, Rapunzel and Eugene are absolutely shook by what they've just seen. Um, so Eugene agrees with Rapunzel that they need to be careful around the duplicates, but then just jumps out of the armoire to confront Shorty. <laughs> but the funny thing about this is, I don't know if you noticed this, but, like, Rapunzel has her back pressed against the side of the armoire. She's like, oh my god, what the hell's going on? Yeah, <laughs> and she's so got cute. such a, like, dumbfounded expression. Like, yeah. wait, what the frick did <laughs> I just say? <laughs> so, Shorty literally just picks up Eugene and yeets him against the wall. How really? many walls has Eugene been thrown into in the Poor course guy. of this? So many! Like, at least three? Like, twice in Secret of the Sundrop, and then once right now. Mm-hmm. So there's been three walls. Poor guy. Poor baby. Poor guy. People Her just love to cause him pain. Well, it reminds me of what Zachary Levi said, though, that he loves this role. because He loves being a cartoon character because he can do all sorts of things that you can't do in real life, like be thrown into a wall and be mm-hmm. fine, you know? And get murdered and come back. <laughs> <laughs> So they go back down. Uh, so Rapunzel, they, they Rapunzel drops a chandelier on on Mirror Shorty and Mirror Lance, and they tie them up and they take them back down to the dining hall where Cassandra still is, or I guess called her in there again or whatever it is, and um, and so they're like, okay, so we've got these two mirror things, and this was where it starts getting kind of weird when you think about it because. Mm-hmm. Cassandra is like straight up dismissing them, saying that yeah. that is the stupidest thing she's ever heard. And it's like, woman, you have seen so much, and you're like, oh yeah, right. This is getting a little carried away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed on the most recent watch through that even though Eugene was with Rapunzel when they witnessed the transfer, Eugene starts saying things like, so so. What if these what if these guys aren't copies? How do we know? Mm-hmm. It's like because you saw it happen, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's little clues that are dropped here and there and everywhere as you're watching the episode. But um, he was talking about how Shorty threw him into the wall and how this is impossible because I once saw the real Shorty lose a fight to a trout on dry land, which is. <laughs> Possibly the best thing Eugene has said the entire season. Oh my god, so good! Just the way he says it is like it's just beautiful. The whole thing yeah. is so good. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, delivery, delivery, perfection. Yep. You know, you know, you know. There's a lot of fantastic voice acting in this episode. Oh, it's so like good. it's so good. So now that they're worried that any one of them could be duplicates, they decide they're going to test everybody. You know, everybody who has not been a witness being pushed into or pulled out of a mirror. Um, they are now going to to test the remaining 
people, including Pascal. And by the way, we didn't mention this before, but they very conveniently wrote Maximus and Fidella out of the script for these episodes. (laughs) Your horses and you're going to shed and leave hoofprints all over my palace, which valid, but you (laughs) know, still that was a very, very convenient way to write them out of the story. Mm -hmm. Um, So Rapunzel's test is Eugene pushes some food towards her and says, Rapunzel can make art out of anything. So make art. And so she uses all the remaining food on the table to build a diorama of Corona. And it includes little figures of um, old lady Crowley and the captain and um, uncle Monty. And they're like, yeah, but you know, anybody could build a model of the, and then she just full on squishes the uncle Monty model (laughs) to (laughs) prove that this is her. And, and there was another great line right there. Uncle Monty. Oh my god! She just full okay. on murdered him. Straight up murdered him. Just squash. My god. Squash. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. So the next test is for Pascal, and he has to do a color change test. So it was just you know first show us the colors of the Corona flag. So he's not just purple and yellow. He's purple with a yellow sun on his tummy, and then it's you know shows the color of a bimberry. So he turns you know a, a pinker shade, and then it's and then Eugene, which is you know another potential clue eugene very gleefully says show us what lance looked like when he was bitten by the spider and almost died and it's like yeah. you, know, you know you think you wouldn't want to relive that with your best friend evil lance is like you know i'm not afraid of spiders but even i admit that was low yeah eugene, i'm like eugene are are you me like why do you want to see someone as a corpse <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and he does, he turns himself into a little Pascal-shaped old lady Crowley and Pascal-shaped Ulf and then like Pascal invisible because that's Ulf's favorite color. And then she says, what's my favorite color? So he starts flashing all the various colors because Rapunzel doesn't have a favorite color because all colors are great. That's so and cute. Guys, just so you know, like I've been saying that as my headcanon for eight years that, that she doesn't have a favorite color because <laughs> all cute. colors are great and have their place. Um, so then... Uh, Eugene's test is a bunch of questions and they're just real quick quiz questions, you know, and it basically, and the funny thing about it is that they aren't necessarily the right answers. Like they are not necessarily the true answers, but they are their Eugene answers. And that's mm-hmm. the important part. Yeah. Um, and especially when she says, you know, what is Pete's middle name? And he's like, the, and so is Stan. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Eugene. And then yes. she holds up two seemingly identical wanted posters for Flynn Rider and demands that he say which one is the most accurate representation. And he looks at them a little bit and he goes, nope, that's a trick question because no one can properly draw all of this. I'm like, not even Rapunzel, but hey. <laughs> it was still the Eugene answer. I mean, that was that was, that was the proper answer for Eugene. Yeah. So, um, so when Cassandra, so Cassandra's test is to cut this apple into eight perfect slices, which she had done earlier in the episode. Um, and because she had been practicing with her injured hand so much, the slicing had been consistently done with her right hand. But this time when she went to do it, she drew her sword with her left hand. And yes, Cass has like been ambidextrous, apparently, at least to some extent, but she has been primarily right handed. And so the copy drew her hand, her sword with her left hand, which was, I mean, you catch on to that, but then she immediately uses 
the sword to free the other copies because she's also an evil demon copy. So Cass, who has, you know, been saying this is absolutely ridiculous and, oh, come on, I can't slice this apple because I don't have the broom and I might get, you know, stuff all over the rug Mm -hmm. and, you know, all these very non-Cassandra excuses. So the so Rapunzel and Eugene take off and the duplicates are following them. And so they return to the armoire, which is, I guess, their automatic hiding spot. I'm not <laughs> sure why. Possibly because they already know that going into the armoire isn't going to be, like, horrible. <laughs> like, yeah, we've been here once. We can hide in here again. Um, so while they're hiding in the armoire this time, um, it gets out that Eugene is also a copy. And this happens because he asks if the chameleon is okay. And so... <laughs> Immediately looks oh, offended. He's like, Pascal's like affronted. <laughs> Excuse me, Camille. Not even you surprised. He's offended. <laughs> and so then um, Rapunzel's journal falls out of his doublet. And so it turns out he's been studying the journal to get Eugene down pat. Um, so Rapunzel has him, you know, absolutely shocked by the fact that this is not the real Eugene. Um, she um, she has the copy Eugene. She tells him to do the smolder. <laughs> and instead of doing the smolder, he does like the, the, the Fonzie A <laughs> finger guns. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and like, it's absolutely not fair to Eugene fans because like evil Eugene is like ridiculously hot and not like, allowed it was not allowed i, I seriously personally assaulted by like <laughs> how hot evil eugene is yeah that and part for me was like the first time i watched frozen and hans is like he goes he's you know he lowers his voice and he starts giving his evil villain monologue and i'm like wow you just became like 10 times more attractive yes oh my god there's a lot of people who are attracted to Hector, and that's fine, but Hector's yep. not my type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Eugene is my type, and apparently evil Eugene is more my type, or my type in a different way. And it's yeah. just, like, not freaking fair, man. Like, so I was good. not, I was not prepared. That was not, mm-hmm. not prepared. Um, so, I mean, but honestly, him using the journal to portray Eugene properly was diabolical. Mm-hmm. Um... And it has to be, like, you got to look at it this way. If the only two things that are not in the journal, or maybe he skipped that page. I cannot imagine her never having drawn the smolder. But <laughs> but just, like, the fact that he didn't call Pascal a frog and he couldn't do the smolder, but otherwise had her completely convinced. Mm-hmm. She has the Eugene stuff in her journal so detailed. Because he had everything down pat. Yeah. And then you find out that the demons that have replaced all the mirror people are of a hive mind which Mm -hmm. means that eugene has probably been sharing the information with the rest of them which means that like she doesn't ever really write about shorty Mm -hmm. yeah and like also just that they don't they cannot copy the physical abilities of of the other people they can do like they know what they're thinking and they can do their mannerisms but they can't copy their physical abilities Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, it would have been interesting if he had, like, tried the smolder and it had been, like, not Eugene's smolder and it had been, like, effective on Rapunzel. And she would have been, that's wrong! That's not the smolder, you know? Mm. So that would have been an interesting take on it. But, hey, oh, yeah. the, 
Fonzie thing was great. So, mm-hmm. um, so we now find out that in the mirror, the real members of the gang, where they're trapped, they are now trying to escape. They're like trying to shoulder ram the mirror, and that's not working. And also, the duplicates are like, okay, so now we've got to get Rapunzel into the mirror. So they back her up into it, and her copy grabs her, but instead of managing to pull her in, she manages to pull the copy out, and they have a tussle, and it's Rapunzel versus Rapunzel, and you can't tell the difference between them, and one of them gets shoved back into the mirror. And, you know, they're all looking at the person who's left, and she looks over her shoulder, and she has this this totally evil smile, and so the evil Eugene smile is totally evil, and it's just like... Uh (laughs) <laughs> evil so- power couple yes so- oh my guys oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like holy crud that's i was like not- i don't even know who's better right now i can't decide <laughs> right um so um yeah so the the duplicates have a hive mind and so it's like it makes me wonder i mean do they sustain can they sustain mer- many forms or is it more like the borg where it's just individuals, but their minds are linked up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we never get all the information on that, but I'm going to tell you what right now, this episode and the next episode, like the Tango crew is handing us AUs on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. Like seriously. So it's like, I mean, I have spent so much time thinking about this mirror verse that I'm just like, gee, I wonder. <laughs> just like, <laughs> it's crazy how much I'm thinking about this thing. that's probably never going to be important again, but just, I can't get it out of my head. It's so great. If you write fan fiction of it, you know what you can call it? Tangled into the Mirrorverse. Like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yes. (laughs) Tangled through the looking glass. That true. (laughs) So so it appears that Rapunzel has been replaced by her copy. But we find out very quickly that, no, Rapunzel's just a really good actress. Which is something I never gave her credit for. But you know what? I think that's also something she had gradually learned while she's on the road is being a better actress because mm-hmm. she has very unconvincingly tried to act before. So, I mean, because think about Miss Misty versus being a copy. Mm-hmm. Like, Miss Misty, she was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, but being an evil copy, she was, like, great. So that mm-hmm. was, so Rapunzel has has stepped up her game. And Character that's interesting. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Gar- growth. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so she goes off and, you know, she goes off to find Pascal because they're like, okay, now that the fraud, the lizard has gotten away, we need to get the lizard to be a copy, which would, you know what? Copy Pascal would have been interesting. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what would they have done with a lizard? That's so weird. <laughs> so we go back into the mirror and we see how the group is now approaching um, copy Rapunzel, who's sitting there in the mirror and... They're like, oh, so they got you too. And she's like, yeah, this sucks. This is the pits. And they're like, wait a minute. You don't think anything's the pits. You even call cherry pits fruit brocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Rapunzel, you little beam of sunshine, you. <laughs> but she very, very quickly reveals herself to be this copy. And, like, not only does she do the glowing red eyes that the other copies have been doing, but she does this, like, crazy 90-degree neck crack thing and she's got these talons and these fangs and it's just like oh she is like super creepy and it's been proven already that they're like extra strong and she can like hold Lance by one leg while literally climbing the wall like the exorcist like dang she was some creepy gross ghost critter thing what does he say when she's doing that he's like that's not the real one she's not the real one or something like that as she's dragging him up a wall not the real one (laughs) 
Lance is actually really good in this episode, though, mm-hmm. because, like, he has some serious lines that are, like, not played for laughs at all. Like, when they're first in the mirror and they're not being able to break out, Cass and, and Eugene are at each other's throats, and Lance is like, basically, would you knock it off? We've been fighting nonstop for three weeks, and it's not getting to anywhere, you know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, he actually had a serious line. How lovely. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so Rapunzel gives herself away um, really, really fast, and she's absolutely terrifying. Um, and Eugene has the great line of, I had girlfriends get pretty upset with me before, but me or demon girlfriend, that's a new one. <laughs> She's like, you know, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking about Eugene and the girlfriends who've been mad at him before. And I'm thinking about Stallion and I'm just like, oof, <laughs> dang, oof. Okay, so... Um, so they're sitting here and they're trying to fight her and she's just too strong for them. So like, no matter what they do, like Cass comes running at her with the sword and she just catches the sword and pushes her back and like disarms her and all that stuff. And so then Lance comes up with his next great line of the episode, which is, you know, we're not going to beat her by force. We have to play to our strengths, which is like strategy. And it's like, thank you, Lance, for your, your wise, wise insights this particular episode. So then comes possibly the greatest scene in the entire episode, which is when Eugene weaponizes the smolder. Yes. <laughs> which is, you know, further proof that this isn't real Rapunzel as if they didn't already know. But he runs up to her, and he stops dead, and he smolders at her, and she just swoons. <laughs> like, she goes from completely confused at this face he's making to, ah! like immediately big mood and the best part is is he's like (laughs) big mood is he's like talking through the smolder because now like shorty's job is to roll those same glass balls that he was messing with earlier (laughs) he rolls them to trip her up but the thing is that eugene is backing away and she's just following him hypnotized it's like (laughs) if that isn't all oh my gosh right Right? I like, would love to know I, what went through his head when Lance was like, we need to play to our strengths. And he's like, all right, I look good. I sound good. I smolder good. Smolder. <laughs> he's like, what are my strengths? His face, the way his face lights up when he realizes what his plan is. It's just like... Oh my God. <laughs> he's such I'm a like, goober. I know the... how to stop her. I'll smolder at her. And it's going to work this time because it's not the real Rapunzel. <laughs> I just wonder if... Uh... The crew were at Disneyland when, you know, some of us were there and they were just sitting in the bushes like, all right, how do they react to Eugene? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. So that's how that's Rapunzel would react reaction. if the smolder actually worked. I want to know who came up with that. I know. Like, who came whoever up with they that? Are, He's going to smolder her into submission. Like <laughs> Whoever came up with it, let us know. We'll give you so many loves. Yes stickers for you um no but i think i also have to think that eugene must have felt so satisfied it too it wasn't rapunzel but at least it was rapunzel's face Mm -hmm, who fell for the smolder because it's like that's something that he hasn't ever been able to do to her and will never be able to do to her so just yeah and i swear i mean he like the eyebrows man like (laughs) yeah this eyebrow game and just oh god that was amazing that was so Mm -hmm. and so unexpected it was so great yeah i mean i will say but this episode is really well written in a lot of ways that they kept bringing up things that they had mentioned earlier in the episode and so it's just it was this and it was really well paced like it Mm -hmm. literally it took them a quarter of the episode just to get to the mansion in the first place but it didn't feel like it 
you know? Yeah. And so it was just, it was really well executed. And the mm-hmm. timing on this one and the pacing on it and the callbacks to what they had been talking about earlier in the episode, it was a really complete story. And I really, really appreciated mm-hmm. it for that. It was so good. It was so good. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Rapunzel comes up with this fantastic idea on how to get her friends out of the, out of the mirror. Um, she has found Pascal and Pascal like recognizes her right away. Like, First, he's got to run, but then he kind of stops. So he's like, she's like, hey, it's me. And he's like, oh, okay. Cause, and it's not like Pascal's stupid. He just knows her, you know? So, yeah. you know, Pascal they lived rec- in a tower for 18 years together. They know exactly. each other. They know each other. So he, he knew, so he knew her. And so she had him with her. And they're walking back down the hall. And she sees the mirror. And she just comes up with this plan. <laughs> and so she gets the rest of the copies to follow her into the hallway um, by pretending to chase Pascal. I mean, this is the funny thing is that like while she's really good at acting like an evil copy, her acting when she's like reciting pre-written lines for herself, not so good. <laughs> Come yeah. back, you lizard. It's like funny. <laughs> funny. Um so she she lures them all into the hallway and they're like, oh quick, we have to get them in oh no, they're both real. We have to get them into the mirror. And then they realize that the mirror's not on the wall anymore. And so she reveals that she's actually hidden it under a rug and they're now all standing on it. And so here's one thing I love is that despite the fact that this episode starts with all of them bickering, there's actually a lot of examples of really good teamwork mm-hmm, in this episode. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show that when they like get past the stuff that's irritating them, they're working really well together. Because there's no way Rapunzel could communicate this with all of them. But yeah. they, the inside the mirror, they had locked the copy into the mirror version of the armoire. But they could still see out through the glass. And so they had to have seen her taking it off the wall and putting it on the floor and covering it with the rug. And kind of guessed that they needed to stay gathered around the glass for when the inevitable happened. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Rapunzel reveals that now all the copies are standing on the mirror... And they just reach up and they grab the ankles of their copies, but there's, they don't have a good enough lev- leverage. And so Rapunzel and Pascal use her hair to trip all the copies. And now the real versions have the leverage to push them back into the mirror, which I'm sorry, instills that looks like it literally looks like they are drowning these people. Like there's a lot of really creepy imagery in this episode. And so they, they shove them back into the mirror. And now they're out, and then they share this fantastic, wonderful group hug, which is, like, really cute. Like, yeah. like this is super-duper found family group hug. You've, we've had a couple instances of, like, Rapunzel, Eugene, and Cass all hugging each other together, but this was, like, literally everybody. And it was so cute. Um, and so they hang the mirror back up on the wall, but then they turn it facing the wall so that, like, the copies can't just find a way to get out or can't, they can't accidentally release them or something like mm-hmm. that. So they decide mm-hmm. that they're going to leave. They're like, ha-ha, yeah, we're not sticking around. And Matthews is like, oh, no, you can stay as long as you like. They're like, yeah, no, thanks. We'll, we'll take our chance. <laughs> but when they open the door, the rain has turned into, like, a literal hurricane. Like, it's just, it's sideways rain. It's ridiculous. They're just like, so we're stuck here. Um... So they're like, okay, so we're going to stay at least another night, and we're going to try to leave again tomorrow. Um, and uh, most of them are pretty restless. Shorty's, like, passed out asleep, but the rest <laughs> of them can't really sleep after what happened that day. And so Lance just start to sleep after trauma. <laughs> yeah, it is. So Lance starts to whistle his tune again, and this time, instead of being irritated by it, they all just join in. So it's this cute little four-part harmony whistling thing. But um, 
as they're whistling, the camera pans back out to where the caravan is stuck by the tree, and it turns out that the tree did not fall in the storm. It was chopped down. So... Oh! Saboteur! So, surprise! They're trapped here deliberately. I am so surprised. I love those, like, last few second surprises that this show does. Oh, I, yeah, I love it. And it did it, like, both... In, for both these episodes, we got that. Mm-hmm. P.S. Um, so... You're Kidding Me, directed by Joe O, who directed both of the episodes this week. Um, it was Yay! written by Kelly Cannon. Um, the storyboards were Bosuit Coburn, Kat Harmon, um, Diana Kidlade, and Todd Kurosawa. Um, so many board artists. There's a lot of board artists on this one. Um, yeah. But this one opens up with Lance doing Previously Untangled, which means he's like officially a main character now or yes. something. Like, Lance has arrived. His main <laughs> character status. He's been previously untangled. I like want to get like little audio clips of each of them on their previously untangled. Um, so one of the interesting things with this episode, actually, I'll go back to the previous episode real fast. That honestly, the episode easily could have ended after the group hug or after them turning the mirror around or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it had that whistling bit, which was like an epilogue. And, like, that's another way in which this episode is really good is because I don't recall any of the previous episodes really having an epilogue mm. before. You know? That this episode is leading directly into the next episode, and it's, like, clear that it's leading directly in the next episode. They had to have mm. a cool-down after that that ordeal, mm. but they cooled down the audience also and made it so that the setup for the next episode was so direct because... It literally starts up the next morning. Everybody's still sleeping on the floor in the same formation they were in the night before when the last episode left off, which might be part of why Joe directed this one also is because it's a continuation of the previous story. Um, So I'm going to pause here and I will say that my general opinion of this episode was this was very much like Freebird, but it had some more stuff attached to it. And the stuff that was attached to it made me like it better than Freebird. Like, yeah. I don't, I still don't dislike Freebird, but it is one of the lower points, in my opinion, of season two. But, like, as afraid as I was of this episode, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. I I'm actually enjoyed it a lot. I'm it still had, crying over this episode. I don't know what y'all are talking yeah. about. <laughs> this episode was so good. <laughs> it <was> so good. <laughs> yeah. But I feel I, you. I, I feel mean, you. I'm kind of. Yeah, I I'm not like Ray. It's you know, I don't know. I liked it all right. I thought it was, yeah, I liked it too. Like like here's the thing is it's like observing that it was a lot like Freebird made me look at it critically, and mm-hmm. then like as I continue watching it, I like it better each time, and like mm-hmm. each little moment that I liked, I liked mm-hmm. even more. And seeing the fans' reactions, it makes me like it more. Or sort of like. Fan reactions to Freebird a lot of the time and we go like, yeah, but no, but I have a lot of complaints with this one. Mm-hmm. But at least this one, like, the writing felt solid enough. Maybe part of it is that I really like this mansion. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like Matthews. I like the concept of this mansion that can be, like, basically anything they need it to be, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, if they got to be stuck in this kooky place, at least the kooky place that keeps changing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the game wakes up the morning, next morning. Um, only to find that the front door of the mansion is now gone. Like, there is no front door of the mansion. <laughs> They're like, it was here yesterday. Was like, well, no, trapped. It's a front they, door. <laughs> yes. So, it's trapped. There is no door to the mansion anymore. <laughs> so, they start exploring the mansion. 
And I mean, Matthews is like, oh, yeah, the door does that sometimes. Why don't you check the other doors? You know, <laughs> like, that's not suspicious at all. You suspicious, suspicious dude. They're checking all of the all the other rooms. And, and there's some fun little gags like, like, you know, doors that suck you into the room. And there's like a dog kennel with like big vicious dogs in it. And, <laughs> you know, fun crap like that. There's a portal door. There's a portal door. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. Um, and then they stumble into a giant nursery full of toys. And these are toys for like younger kids. So it's not like, you know, older kid toys. Not sure what older kid toys would be in that time period. Once you're an older kid, you've got a job. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) ye old game boy, like (laughs) ye old game boy. (laughs) I guess like she Kelsey board for grinding, you know? (laughs) Um, so all like almost immediately everybody's like embracing their inner child except for Cassandra. Um, it's so cute because like I realized it on the first watch. I was like, oh god, Eugene and Rapunzel and Lance didn't really have regular childhood, mm-hmm. so they probably never got toys. <laughs> yeah, probably not like this. I mean, like Rapunzel, we know that she had like that little doll. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but like. Uh, other than that. <laughs> yeah, other than that. Seriously, other than that. Um, it's like if she had a toy, she made it and played with it. It's not like people got her toys, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. So all these adults are like, oh, children, our childhoods, the childhoods we never got. Um, so Eugene and Rapunzel had their first conversation about kids. Um, <laughs> Rapunzel absolutely and Kelsey loses her mind. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really interesting because Eugene's looking around this room and he's like, Dang, who needs all this stuff? This is one seriously spoiled kid. Mm-hmm. And this actually got me thinking a lot about how Eugene was raised. And honestly, the way he phrased that, it sounds like jealousy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. A little boy, oh, yeah. a little boy who had nothing because he was in this orphanage probably wanted all of the shiny toys in the window at the toy store and you know of course he couldn't afford it and this was before he was a thief and so he just like anytime he saw a kid get whatever they wanted in the toy store especially if they act like a brat about it but they mm-hmm. got it anyway then he'd just be like ah spoiled brats get whatever they want you know Aww. and so he started getting this impression of kids who have a lot of toys you know so matthew's hand comes through this little door on a shelf and puts a spinning top on it and we don't know how he knew that Cassandra loves tops, but he could have gotten lucky. Maybe technically, like, enchanted to draw the attention of the closest person or something. I don't know. Oh, I mean, that's true. I mean, that was, that was my thought, that maybe there was some sort of an enchantment on it. Mm. I mean, this place is crazy. Who even knows? <laughs> um, but, like, no surprise, this is not an ordinary top. And while playing with it, it turns Lance, Cassandra, and Shorty into literal children and a baby. <laughs> Like, like, and Cass is this little, like, I mean, and all their their clothes shrunk with them. So Cass is this tiny knight child and and Lance is this chubby, chubby egg boy. (laughs) Chubby, chubby egg boy. (laughs) He's a chubby, chubby egg. Look at that chubby, chubby egg. He's so cute. He's a chubby egg. And maybe Shorty has, like, a beard, like, literally a beard. And And still looks like. Gerky. <laughs> and he's wearing a diaper while everybody else's clothes shrunk with them. Does this mean he's always wearing his Cupid diaper under his clothes? Oh, of I think I he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's <Ugh>. shorty. <laughs> 
So Eugene Fitz's dad and Mom Punzel try to <laughs> get answers from the kids. They want to find out how this happened, but like they're seven, <laughs> so they're not telling them anything. They're just being rambunctious. <laughs> um, it's really normal, kids. Yep. <laughs> it's, and it, I mean, honestly, I will say that this, these are some of the best written children I have ever seen in oh, a television so show. Like they're so realistic and i've seen several people who watch the show comment myself included about how oh i work with kids i've spent a lot of time with kids and these kids are so realistic and Mm -hmm. i love how like sensitive lance is actually a very curious questiony child who's at that stage in his life where he asks questions but doesn't care about the answers he just wants to ask the questions i had a kid like that today at work (laughs) no joke she was probably the same age that lance is but she was like did you did you make the announcement? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, but wait, did you make the announcement? And I was like, yes. I just <laughs> said, yeah. And she was like, okay, but wait, did you, did you make the announcement? And I was like, yes. I and the parents are just kind of laughing, and I'm like, I don't know what you need from me. <laughs> like, what else am I supposed to say? Like, yep, that was me. I made that announcement. My, so absolute, my absolute favorite question that Lance asked the entire time is, if zero wasn't a number, what sound would it make? <laughs> And not only does that sound like something kids would ask, but it sounds like it's a continuation. Because it sounds like, maybe he was like, oh, what sound does zero make? Oh, zero doesn't make a sound, it's a number. Okay, but if it wasn't a number, what sound would it make? (laughs) And just like, that is just the most fantastic nonsense. I mean, I wonder how many of the crew have kids that they were like, just interviewed. Yes. Tell us the strangest questions your kids have ever asked you. You know? <laughs> Where do the clouds go at night? I love that one too. That one's funny. <laughs> Why do you have a bird in your hair? Oh, it's because I like birds. What kind of bird is it? Well, it's not a kind of bird. It's just a bird. <laughs> <laughs> so great. The whole sequence is so good. But then, like, he's also like just flopping over on the table and rolling around and kicking his feet. So it's sort of like his body is bored with him sitting there asking questions, but his <laughs> mind won't shut up, so he keeps asking the questions. <laughs> that was amazing. And then, like, Cassandra is the most bratty, rambunctious. I wanted to throttle her. If she had been in my care for an hour, one of us would not have come out alive. <laughs> oh, but she was so cute, though. She was. She, she was. was. Very, she was she very, was. very cute. A little hell beast. <laughs> she was an absolute hell beast. Um, so we immediately were starting to see Rapunzel and Eugene's various parenting styles on their friends. Um, but the results are not getting them what they want. Um, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, and one of the things, and Cassandra, like, one of the things with her being a brat is that she's one of those kids who doesn't respond to authority Unless it's done in an authoritative way. Like, you being an adult is not good enough. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You have to actually make demands of her. Which is interesting, because being raised by the captain, that means that, like, that was how it was ground into her. Like, he wouldn't let her get away with stuff. And he wasn't nice about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of also feeds into how she became who she is. Um, but, yeah, and so then, you know, Eugene refers to Cassandra's Cassandra Classic, which is, like, actually Cassandra Classic because he's Eugene. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's 
fantastic. And I've been referring to like the normal versions of them as their name classic for like both of these episodes every time I talk <laughs> about them. So you've got Mir, Eugene, and Eugene Classic. Um, so poor Pascal is soon noticed by both the kids and becomes their new fascination and a new squishy toy thing. Um, poor Pascal. Lance calls him a fancy little green baby, which is like the greatest thing. And like the Jurassic Park reference, Ellie, it's not just you. I died. Like I love it. I was like. And- Running and hiding and then having like the, the water ripple on the ground and then I love how they came at him with like the grubby grubby hands which reminded me of Toy Story 3 and just like oh god it was so great um, so Matthews appears out of nowhere and, and well he walks in the door but like just here's Matthews he does um, kind of appear out of nowhere he tends <laughs> to do that he does tend to do that um, so he you know, rescues Baby Shorty from Baby Shorty being a Baby Shorty. Like, Baby Shorty's like, like, I don't know if you guys ever watched Animaniacs, but he's like Buttons and Mindy style of a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, he just crawls into any old situation and, like, everybody has to run after him and rescue him. And he's utterly fascinated with the little wooden duck, which is, like, obvious because it's very snug. It was a snuggly duckling duck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's utterly fascinated with it and he wants it very, very, very badly. How um, did Matthews get the snuggly duckling duck? I just realized that. Maybe it's just the design they've already got, so they used it. True. So he gives us some information on um, the top of time, which is that when it's used, the older you are, the younger it makes you. And they have an hour to find the top, which is, you know, they have no idea where it went. So they've only got an hour to find the top and reverse reverse the spell, or their friends will be stuck as kids forever. Which is like, that's the moment I was like, and I was totally with Eugene on this. I was like, Mm -hmm. why does this thing always take an hour? Asking the real questions there, Eugene. (laughs) Exactly. What's with these magic spells that they take exactly an hour? And my question is always like, oh, you've got an hour. Do you have an hour from when you're told this? You're right. Or do you have an hour from when it happens? Yeah. (laughs) Couldn't you tell us in 20 uh... minutes? Like... (laughs) So if you didn't find us until 20 minutes into the escapade, then now we've only got 40 minutes. So, um, <laughs> so it's really interesting. So that Rapunzel is talking about how all kids have voices and um, they need to be heard. And you really get the impression that this comes from the fact that in the tower, she never felt heard. Like mm-hmm. Gothel would give her stuff to placate her and make her want to stay there. But I mean, you see examples in the movie of Gothel shutting her up, shouting her down, dismissing her thoughts. So, like, Rapunzel absolutely did not feel heard in the tower, so she's probably at some point in her life was like, you know, if I ever have kids, it's not going to be that way. Mm-hmm. I, my kids will always feel heard. They'll always feel like they have a voice. You know, I'm never, ever, ever going to tell them that they're not allowed to think what they're thinking. Um, Eugene, on the other hand, being raised in the orphanage, like, you probably have, like, no more than three caretakers for like 40 kids. Mm-hmm. So they had to use sharp discipline because that was the only way to keep these rambunctious children in line. So he's got this also like growing up in the orphanage, he did not feel like he had a proper parental figure. And so he's like, nobody really cared enough to make sure you were doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why his approach is that way. And this is speculation, of course, but you know, let's turn on the angst while we're at it. So it's great. Yeah. Um, Don't so, worry, Eugene. You'll have a dad soon. He's so <laughs> waiting. 
So it's like, it's really. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm just losing it over here. <laughs> it's really funny, though, because it's like, no, not funny necessarily, but like, uh, it's very natural that they split up that Rapunzel was watching her best friend and Eugene was watching his best friend. Mm-hmm. But as it turns out, those two kids did not respond well to those individual styles of parenting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cass was not only running around like a lunatic, she was doing things like insisting that the floor was lava and because Rapunzel is Rapunzel, she was playing along with her while trying to get her to reason at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whereas Lance would be all like, can we play chase? And he'd be like, no, we're not playing chase. And mm-hmm. so it's just, you know, Eugene refused to play so he could get the thing done, but that made Lance kind of like, a sh- gave him a shorter attention span. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cass was insistingly playing Rapunzel would play along with her, but would not like actually lay down the law. So mm-hmm. Cass was just walking all over her. Um, and Eugene walking around holding Little Lance's hand is adorable, and he also called him Lancey. Oh, so cute. <laughs> Calls him Lancey. It's so cute. And it's a, one of the thoughts I had that was very interesting to me is I wonder, like, do these children, they seem to recognize who Rapunzel and Eugene are because they were not shocked to not be, you know, in the orphanage yeah. or with the captain. So they recognize yeah. them as who they are. Lance did not insist on being called Arnwaldo or be confused by the fact that they were calling him Lance. So mm-hmm. clearly, like, it is literally a regression of who they are at the moment they regressed, yeah. not sending them back in their own personal time. So yeah. that, I thought, was an interesting approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Lance gets all upset, and, and, and Eugene doesn't like kids crying, and he, like, he scrunches his face up into this, Horrible crying, ugly, or horrible ugly He's crying. So <laughs> so and like I'm, I don't, yeah, I don't think any of us cares what he says. His crying face is not bad. He's it's still cute. I want to just take his precious face and give it a million smooches so he feels better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Cass is sitting here insisting that the floor is lava, and Rapunzel is watching after her and Shorty. Because at least Shorty is, like, allowing himself to be held. If you take your eyes off him for two seconds, he crawls away. Mm -hmm. But if you hold him, he doesn't struggle to get down. Um, Which is very, very, very good for them. Um, And so after they meet back up, um, you know, Rapunzel's sitting in her hair. (laughs) And and they show up and Eugene's like, why are you just sitting in your hair? And she's like, because the floor is lava. (laughs) No, she says the floor is acid at that point where it's already acid so after the floor is done being lava it starts being acid according to cassandra and so she's sitting in her hair and she's why are you sitting in your hair because the floor is acid and lance just leaps to the nearest <laughs> doorway and starts edging along the door so he can avoid the acid floor which Poor is baby. i mean i don't know how every kid in the universe invents that game but every kid in the universe invents that game yeah. Or is lava or acid or boiling water or just a huge deep river that you can't jump into because you'll drown or quicksand or. I, so every kid in the universe invents this game. Mm-hmm. I love yep. it. Um, so Matthews approaches and he, you know, questions, you know, do you really want to change them back? Because motherhood suits you. And so it's like, oh no, motherhood says Rapunzel. And like, Kelsey lost it again. Okay. Amen. <laughs> I said, I feel you, Matthews. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so Rapunzel and Eugene start arguing about their, their individual parenting styles again. But while they're arguing, the kids escape with the top. And they end up in the dog kennel. And as I mentioned earlier, these, these big, snarling dogs. Um, also, this is the scene in which Eugene says he's a cat person. Oh, 
My God, you guys. He's a cat person. He's not an outlier anymore. This is ridiculous, but all of my favorite male characters uh, are cat people. Like, either they love cats dearly, or they somehow turn into one. <laughs> <laughs> like Keo from Fruits Basket, or Cat uh, Noir from Miraculous Ladybug. Mm. Uh, but Eugene was always kind of the outlier. Until today. And now he is part of the cat boy group. And my type continues to be the cat boy. (laughs) So then absolutely bratty, bratty Cassandra um, informs Rapunzel that uh, Rapunzel and Eugene are going to be disastrous parents, which like really hurts Rapunzel's feelings. Like she's very, very sad to hear that. And one of the things I love about that is I had always thought that Rapunzel was probably like kind of terrified to approach parenthood because of Mm -hmm. how she was raised. And she's, you know, kind of feels like she's doing a decent job of it. Mm -hmm. You know, at least she's keeping the kids from killing themselves. You know, she's, she's sticking to her guns and she's trying to make them feel heard and whatnot. And, and, and so she believes in herself and then Cass is like, yeah, you suck. So that was no fun. Mean. Totally mean. No, they got me in the feels too, man. (laughs) So, um, so then uh, they're in the kennel and, and they got to get out of the kennel because, you know, the dogs are all asleep, thank goodness. But, uh, baby Shorty has now crawled up onto one of the dogs and is curled up asleep on the dog. (laughs) And the dog has like the top under its paw. So they have to get the kids out and get the top and they're really running out of time. Like they let us know all through the episode how much time they've got left. So it's like, we've only got a half hour. We've only got 10 more minutes. So Time is running out. And um, at this point, Rapunzel and Eugene try the other's parenting style. So uh, Rapunzel tells Cassandra, you know what? That's enough. You are leaving right now. You're going to march on your tiptoes. You're going to be quiet about leaving. But you are going to leave right this instant. And Cash responds because she needs a firm hand. Whereas Lance, who has been just trying to get Eugene to play chase with him, like, the entire episode, like, Eugene asked him, you know, I'm sorry for yelling, and and what is it that you want to do, you know? You don't feel heard. What is it that you want? And he's like, can we play a game? Can we play chase? He's like, I was hoping you'd ask me to play chase, because now I can, like, chase you out of the room. (laughs) So... I mean, he thought that Lance was going to follow him, and he was going to lead him out, but it didn't work that way, so then he chased him out instead. Um... That is one of the best parts when Lance walks the other way and he's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> Gets me every time. Oh, my God. I love baby Lance. He was too cute. Yes. So, uh, so they're sneaking away from the dogs and, and they've yoinked Shorty off at the back and they're up on a bookshelf and, and, and they're trying to get all the things. And so they're, Pascal, like, he pulls a, a movie move where he, like, takes a lock of Rapunzel's hair and he ties it around his waist as a safety line. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he, like, jumps back into the room, which allows him not only to grab the top, but also to distract the dogs away from the people for a minute. Um, the dogs are, like, charging at the humans, and Eugene literally, sh- sh- like, he shields his entire family with his body. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that killed me. That murdered me into oh, any many pieces. Like, so you know, cute. yeah, Rapunzel's helping shield the kids, and he's got all of them. And it's just oh. like, oh, my God, they're his family. Oh, my God, they're his family. <sighs> So. 
Eugene's never had a family to protect he before. Oh. You see, these two episodes, these two episodes are so found family, and mm-hmm. I love them for that. It's so great. Um, so Rapunzel hauls Pascal back in and resets the top to make them age. Actually, she just sets the top off, and the dogs jump through the beam, and they all become these adorable little manageable puppies. <laughs> puppies. So now you've got like this brief moment of like the three children playing with the three puppies, and it's just like the cutest freaking thing ever. Um, so Rapunzel is getting ready to age them back up, and she says it's time to add about sixteen years. So we are now assuming that Lance and Cass are about the same age mm-hmm. because, like, we know Cassandra's age, and so we know how much they would have to age to be. Or how much she would have to age in order to be her proper age. So that's really good speculation that Lance is also 23. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. I mean, I always kind of like thought of him as the older brother who acted like the younger brother. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So they need to give us Eugene's age. They yeah. need to. Oh, we, don't worry. We all know he's 25. He's <laughs> <laughs> 25, guys. Don't worry about it. He's 25. It's okay. Hey, could be 24 and have that still be accurate. Very true. Yeah, except, well, somewhat. <laughs> well, we don't know. Here's the thing. We don't know the circumstances yet. I need his mom to be dead by that point. <laughs> <laughs> Eugene's like, uh, how about we not? <laughs> I need her to be dead because that's why Edmund's extra angry. Oh, yeah. That's true. She needs <laughs> okay. to be dead. <laughs> She's already gone full corpse, Becky. <laughs> Sorry, oh, man. Sorry, Fitz mom. I love you, but you're dead. <laughs> so, yeah, Shorty's age is an absolute mystery. No Who knows? What does Eugene do? He goes from 45 to, like, 75? Yeah, he's like, 45, 75, I don't know. <laughs> but, like, also, is he even human? Like, that's true. He de-aged and had a beard. Is he human? Is he a dwarf? <laughs> what if he de-aged into a sneeze weasel? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been like he was telling the truth. Oh my god! <laughs> so, at the end of this episode, we get another group hug. So we're like getting two group hugs in one weekend. So that was like amazing. A lot of hugging. And then Rapunzel and Eugene <laughs> had their conversation. About having kids in the future. And Jesus, if we ever do decide to have kids, assertiveness, compassion, and a whole lot of love. And it's like, this is like twice that they've talked about their future and Eugene has used the phrase if to keep Rapunzel comfortable. But then like, the way she looks at him after this conversation is like, oh my gosh, if you ship these two, then this is the greatest moment in all of time. I get choked up just thinking about it. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) My head just like... Because we went so long not even thinking we were going to get this kind of stuff. And we've all had these thoughts like, oh, what kind of parents would they be? What would their kids be like? So, like, to hear this stuff being talked about in canon is just, I can't handle it. My head, I can't comprehend it. (laughs) This is canon. It's so good. I love it. So the interesting thing. Interesting and highly unexpected. Well, you're not highly unexpected, but at least somewhat unexpected thing to happen at the end of this episode is it turns out that Matthews is an agent of Zantiri in some way. We don't know if he's a disciple or just a follower, but he's keeping them here because he's promising Zantiri that the Sundrop will not leave this house. And he shuts himself in a room with Zantiri's face on the door and then the eyes flash and the episode is over. And it was like, what? I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so freaking excited that Zantiri is like such a key player. Like, 
We've been seeing it coming, but now it's happening. It's like actively happening. So Um, I'm curious, like, because Hector doesn't want them to go to the Dark Kingdom, and now we're finding out that Zontiri doesn't want them to go to the Dark Kingdom, but I feel like their reasoning is different, and I'm curious yeah. to see what Zontiri's is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I've speculated before that, like, the whole thing with Rapunzel going to the Dark Kingdom in the first place is that the sun drop and the moon drop have to combine in mm-hmm. order to truly stop him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I like I think that like one or the other can like lock him in another dimension, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. have to be done together to like kill him. Yeah, you know that's my thought. And so if Rapunzel goes and gets her hands on the opal, then all of a sudden she's literally an unstoppable force mm-hmm. on Tyrion. Whereas Ooh. Hector doesn't want her to get her hands on the opal because Edmund said no. Yeah, and that's like his only reason is mm-hmm. is Edmund doesn't want this. Um, so. That's all kinds of interesting. Um, we know that that so we're stuck in the mansion for at least one more episode. Um, so welcome yay. to Island 2.0. <laughs> better because yeah. Matthews is way less annoying than the Lorbs. Oh, but there's no deep cut. <laughs> That's but what I was gonna say. <laughs> but now we have evil mirror hey. Eugene, so I can't exactly. complain. Yeah, exactly. We traded deep yeah. cut for evil Eugene. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Rapunzeltopia is the next episode, and that's the one where Rapunzel is back in Corona, and she's got short brown hair, and the rocks in Varian never happened. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing a lot of speculating on what, how does this happen, mm-hmm. and um, we've had two schools of thought. Um, Kelsey and I were talking about one earlier today, but the one that I put out there before is that. Matthews traps her in a dream, possibly. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she's dreaming the whole thing, and maybe, like, the rest of the group are like, oh, hey, we have to wake her up. And so maybe things that they are saying or doing are, like, permeating her dream mm-hmm. sequence and, like, mm-hmm. kind of trying to call her out of it. That's mm-hmm. one thought I've had. But what Kelsey and I were talking about earlier today is that they're like, well, there's no front door, but there's all these other drawers. I guess we'll just have to keep trying doors. Mm-hmm. What if there's a door... That reads the people who goes go in and changes depending upon who's inside it. Oh. And that's how she ends up in. And so what you if Rapunzel walks through of... the door? Yeah, what if Rapunzel yeah. walks through this door and now she's got brown hair and it's corona and everything's fine. Hmm. And that would be, that would be another way to try to keep her there because it's like if everything is good and happy, you're not going to want to leave. Yeah, she's like, why yeah. am I going? Why would I leave? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm very, very, very excited for these upcoming episodes, and I'm very, after yeah. that is the, the season two finale, and oh my gosh, the speculation going on with the season two finale, and now we know for a fact that there are crew members who are like reading Tumblr and like <laughs> delighted by how much we're freaking out, mm-hmm. and all the speculating we're doing. Here's another thought I've got. Here's another thought I've got. So <laughs> I love them for that, but me at too. the same time, I'm like just. Just tell me, please. I'm dying, <laughs> I'm dying over here, guys. We're please. almost there. I know. We're close. How am I supposed to wait 12 more days, guys? You can do it. Maybe maybe you won't wait 12 more days. Maybe you'll find out at the very end of very Lost true. and Found. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. But as I was telling Kelsey earlier, I was like, the way I really want it to happen is is how I've said in the past. I want... I want want Demanitus to allude to it but in mm-hmm. the then in the next episode at like the end they go and they meet Edmund 
and he sees Eugene, and it's just like, oh my god, my son. Oh and my then god. the episode just ends. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> oh! <laughs> Judging by the episode description of the season finale, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How do you know? We don't know that the Dark King is Edmund. We still don't know that. You're right. We don't technically know that. Yeah. We do not technically we, know that. We can't You're We can't right. guess anything with the end of this show. I, yeah. you know, now true. that the, the monkey's like... a person, I, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Monkey's a person. Anything goes. The end. See, and here's <laughs> another thought I've had. Is I've wondered if Lost and Found is going to be yet another room. Like Rapunzel and Eugene yeah. go into a room and there's a labyrinth in there. But then the question is, how did Vigor get there? Not that he can't get there, because if the monkey is a person, he can get there. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, just like, I want to know how. I'm not saying it's impossible. I just, I want to know how that would be done. So yeah. either they managed to get out at the end of Rapunzeltopia, or they managed to get out at the end of Lost and Found after having, you know, yet another room be weirdness. That's what I'm, like, after, after the door thing, I feel like the last, these next two episodes are going to be in the mansion. At least yeah, one yeah. of them will. Absolutely. I mean, and part of the thought, well, obviously, I mean, Rapunzeltopia would be because they're still in the mansion. You know, they're not going to be like, next episode, they're not in the mansion anymore. How about that? Um, But I mean, but honestly, it's like, my thought was, if Rapunzel and Eugene are the ones who are stuck in the labyrinth, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a B plot because there's always a B plot. Mm -hmm. Except these last two episodes haven't really been, actually, that's not true. I mean, honestly, like, the B plot of um mirror mirror was we are fighting and now we must work together that's mm-hmm. actually the b plot and then the b plot yeah. of you're kidding me is are we or are we not going to make good parents mm-hmm. you know and the a plot is we have to chase our friends around and get the top and turn mm-hmm. them back into normal so yeah. i mean just because the a plot and the b plot are connected does not mean there's not an a plot and a b plot but rapunzel and eugene are the only ones who seem to get stuck in this labyrinth and so it would seem to me that that would still be in the mansion because where's everybody else? Why would they separate them on their way to the Dark Kingdom mm-hmm. when it's right there? You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I mean, maybe, I know, I'm just, I like, so Vigor's following them probably mm-hmm. because he's actually Demanitus and he wants to, to explain things to them i don't know i don't know i'm so confused and i'm so excited and i'm really 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 eager for these next episodes like Mm -hmm. we are so close to the end of season two and i can almost guarantee you we will have more questions than answers yeah we're not getting any answers (laughs) they'll answer everything in season three but bit by bit right now we have all questions and no answers and it's just getting worse and it's just going to keep getting worse but i am so excited Oh, like every time I start talking about this show with other people, I'm just like, oh my god, I love this show. It's so great. You have no idea. I mean, you probably do because you watch it also, but I love this show. Okay. Okay. (sighs) Now that we got all that out of our system for the time being, (laughs) expect to scream more on Tumblr over the next several days. Yes. That's about it for this evening, guys. Thanks very much for tuning in. Um, We're very excited to see where this is going. Go ahead, leave your comments and whatnot. Um, down below if you're on YouTube right now. And if you're not on YouTube, then you can leave comments either at YouTube or go to our Tumblr pages. Um, And we are excited to see you again next week, which is we're going to have um, a guest. Um, Yay! Yes, we're excited. We're excited. 
So um, it's not as, as fancy schmancy as Chris, but we are still having a guest and it's going to be a guest host. So it's not going to be an interview. So um, yep. it's, no, it's nobody who works on the show, but we're excited to have somebody joining us next week. And um, we will see all of you guys then. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.